Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to episode 201 and video episode number 27 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other shit and I talk about how it has influenced my music. This week, as you can hear, Sheik's amazing song, The Freak. Before we get to that, no, this is not the first quarantine episode of this if you've been following along there have been weeks and weeks worth of uh, video episodes of my uh, podcast here whatever you want to call it but this is the one where i am openly embracing the quarantine look i uh, hope you like it it's called not giving a shit all i care about is that um I, me and the people i know and love are still happy and healthy as much as possible under the current circumstances and uh, that you watching me there at home. Hopefully you are also happy and healthy um, considering all that is going on in the world. Uh, so this episode actually touches on two previous episodes. Um, a few episodes ago, I talked about um, our musical coming of age, which at the time, I actually wanted to use the, the term musical awakening because I think that just fits better for me. But I shied away from the word awakening because... While I was recording that, there was all this stuff uh, about the Great Awakening and crazy conspiracy theories and all that stuff that I just really try to tune out because it's insane and didn't want to allude to that with that word. But you know what? Fuck it. I'm reclaiming it. This musical awakening. That point in your life when you start to consciously decide what music is yours, not your parents, not your siblings, not your peers, not whatever the culture tells you it should be. Those, that music where you're like, oh, I have to, this is mine, I need to listen to this, I want this to be a part of my life. It could be a type of music, it could be a band or artist, it could be, you know, an entire culture of music and all of that. I think that happens to almost 100% of people. I know there are people who probably are kind of closed off or maybe, you know, don't care enough about music for to go through that. Um, but I think you can be four years old, eight, 10, 16. You can be, you know, any, uh, any age up to the time you die. And that may be when you hit your musical awakening. I think for a lot of people, it happens in their preteens and teens, um, as, it, as it did for me. But as with any rule or almost rule, there are exceptions and it is the exceptions that prove the rule. And in this case, this song here is one of those exceptions. Uh, if you know enough about LP history, or this band, or anything like that, you can see that this is not the original 
45 single version of this, which was released in 1978. This is actually a 1986 reissue, which I will get into a little bit later. But um, I talked about the 45, I have the 45 too, uh, 60 episodes ago, before I even was doing this podcast. It was just in my texty text, as you see below. And I, I you know, uh, had a kind of an idea to describe why, why this was important to me, though not quite as fully formed as I do now. What I can say about it is that I was almost 10 when this song came out. And by then, I'd already gotten into some bands, I guess, passionately, like the Beatles, like stuff that my dad would play, he's a musician, so things he would actually play and sing, or things he'd just play on the record player, or with uh, his cassettes and things like that, and 8-tracks, and uh, also had gotten into Sean Cassidy. Yeah, I had a poster of him in my room. Talk about that amongst yourselves. Uh, and Grease, and Saturday Night Fever, and all that stuff I had gotten into really deeply, but that was all stuff that I either had my parents buy, or that I listened to on the radio, or that they already owned, or that friends had, and things like that. This song was the first 45 that I took my own allowance money and bought myself because I needed it. I heard it and I was like, I absolutely 100% need this. Which by the way, as we're listening to it, and let's give it a second. It's gonna fade. I'm gonna run out of music before this is over. So you're gonna watch me go switch to the second side, which includes the song Savoir Faire and Chic. This one was a minor hit. And uh, you may get a little treat as I return to the camera. But we'll see if that happens or not. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I bought this 45. I went to Kmart and bought it. Uh, I had to have it. Uh, it needed to be a part of my life. And there was something about, I've said this before, that era of production, the late 70s, the early 80s, it's my sweet spot. There's a dryness to the production and yet, and a spareness, and yet it's dense enough to be interesting. They, they knew exactly what to put in there. There were so many things that was like pre-80s blow-up. Uh, keep listening as I switch this. But this kind of, kind of, you know, spare production was huge for me. And, and the other important thing about this spare, about this production is what? It makes you want to dance. And this is maybe not the song to dance to. I should have gone to the other song, which I did a little, but th there's something about dancing that to me has to be an essential part of life. It's not just that you want to dance with somebody else, that's awesome. It's not just that you want to dance because you love the music, that's awesome. Or because you love the, the rhythm of something, the beat, the funkiness, the, or the, or the balladiness of something, whatever it is. Or you want to learn actual dance steps, things like that, all very important, yes. But for me, the, the, the important part of a dance is, is is what this song is about. Not the one we're listening to, but this one. It's freak out. All that pressure got you down. Has your head spinning all around. You need to find a way to let it go. And what better way to do it than to dance? Than to just let your body loose. Doesn't even matter how it looks. As long as it feels good. And I've embraced this. I was a huge dancer as a kid. And then I got scared shitless to do it in high school and middle school. And uh, took that fear in through many parts of my life until recently I realized, why? Why? Life's too short. Dancing is too important. Right? So that's why I think one of the reasons why this song was so important to me. It, it had 
it, it, it was impossible not to dance to. And funny story about it, Nile Rodgers, who wrote it, or co-wrote it, I believe, was uh, heading to a club, a Studio 54, might have been, or one like it, and the bouncer wouldn't let him and his friend in. He told them, fuck off. And they, their revenge was, I'm going to write a song about it. But they realized there's no way you could say that word on the radio for it to be a hit. So they changed it to Freak Off. And the guy, they were like, well, that's pretty lame. That does not sound good at all. So let's just switch it and change it to Freak Out. And that's where the name of the song came from. So when you hear the band repeatedly say Freak Out, please in your mind say Fuck Off. Because it just gives it that added extra punch when you're dancing to it. Uh, so, yeah, you know, I, I rebought this in 1986 as a reissue for two reasons. One, they reissued it, and I loved it, and I was going to get it. But the main reason was I was a DJ at the time, and you needed the 12-inch version, and one that wasn't maybe a little scratched up like my 45, to add it to your set. Because even though eight years in musical culture, especially back then, is a lifetime, trends change production styles change tastes change style in general changes this song the freak not this song but the one we were listening to it still holds up and it held up then in a very tumultuous time in music it could be mixed into any other dance stuff during that mid-80s period and everybody would love it so believe I was justified in buying this 12-inch, let's just say that. And it shows the genius and the perfectness of this song. It's really, I think, one of the perfect songs in terms of production and performance and composition. And has influenced me a lot. Um, I've done a lot of funky songs. I've done a lot of dance songs. I feel like when I play live or even record, and for the most part, everything I do has to have some kind of a steady beat to it. Whether you want to dance to it or not, it's up to you. Um, But a perfect example for me is a song that really had no business being a dance song. Back when I was doing a lot of grungier stuff, it's a song called Your Sister. And the minute you turn it on, you will hear that staccato guitar playing, the funky staccato guitar playing. And then it morphs into uh, a pop rock grunge song. And I just love the hybrid and meshing. I love doing that in general. But a lot of that came from bands like Chic, or honestly, the song, La Freak, in general. Uh, so as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for considering all of this. Thank you for being who you are and being with me. Thank you for uh, paying, tuning into any of my Facebook Live shows that I do or checking out the playlist that I have. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for clicking. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for telling me your opinions about all this. Do you like La Freak? Do you like this song that is playing right now? I don't even know if I do. Do you like funk in general? Do you know who Nile Rodgers is? Are you into any of this kind of music? Is there a song for you or a band that was the first one you remember saying you had to own it? You had to have it. You had to listen to it. You had to make it a part of a playlist or whatever version or technology you're using, but that that song needed to be in your life. Do you consider that a song that was part of your awakening or your pre-awakening or am I completely bullshitting all of this? I want to hear your opinions about all of this because as always, my objective here other than sharing music and sharing my music and sharing the love of music is conversation and connection. Thanks again and I will see you next week.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.